Let us go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful this morning for the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. Lord God, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. We're so grateful this morning that we're able to actually physically assemble together, lift up your name, praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord God, for every soul that you brought into this place this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would minister to them in a very special way, that whatever they came for, Lord God, give them much more abundantly than what they could have asked before. I ask you, Lord, to just bless each person. Help us to hear the word of the Lord through the sermon this morning. I pray, Lord, that your voice would speak strongly to us, that there are areas of our lives that we need you to probe a little bit, that you'll be doing the probing this morning, that there are there's things that you want us to rejoice in and to think about. Lord God, let us have a joyous, joyful heart. And Lord God, we're here this morning for so many things. Lord God, we have this, the, the word of the Lord that we find precious, but we also are here, we're going to have a meeting after this service, Lord God, for the leadership of this body. And I ask you, God, to be there for that meeting. I pray, Lord, that the things that we have done are pleasing in your sight. I pray that the activities of this church over the previous year, Lord God, that they were pleasing to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would just anoint the years come, that the things that you call on us to do, we will do readily. I ask you, Lord, to bless and to touch each and every person. Let them think about what you want done, Lord God. Not about personalities or anything like that, but just to hear what the Spirit is saying, who the Spirit is anointing for particular roles, and what work that your Spirit is giving us. I ask you, Lord, let us be sensitive to that. And we also thank you, Lord God, for communion, because it reminds us that you died on Calvary for the sins of all of us, each and every one of us, that there is no sin so dark that your cross was not sufficient to wash it away. I thank you, Lord God, this morning. I ask you, Lord, if there's any unsaved, that this message would bring them to the cross. I ask you to bless and touch each person in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good God's spirit. 
We haven't received the Holy Spirit, but God's Spirit, so that we can know the things given to us by God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you for reading that this morning. You might have noticed service is a little different today. We're going to have a slightly shorter sermon, and then we will jump into a couple a couple of reports, and then afterwards we will close with communion and song, and then we'll do a five-minute recess so that people can go to the bathroom, do a couple things, and come back, and we'll have our annual meeting immediately after service today, um, and then a potluck will follow that service. I also have a couple of quick announcements to give. In a couple of weeks, on February 19th, we will be having another Connect party. This is for anyone who is new or newish. We've had several new people. It seems like every week I'm seeing new faces. So we're going to have a connect party. It's pizza with the pastor. So if you're new or newish, we would love to have you. And if you're interested in coming, please let me know, Michelle or Lori. We are trying to get a, a number going so that we know how much pizza to order. Um, and so I... Rolling down to my notes, I appreciated having a reader and extra helper today. It's always a joy to see the kids in here today. And so that's another reason we're going to have a short meet, or a short sermon. But also we have a lot of reports to go over. We have a 25-page annual report of all the things that have happened in the last year. And so I'm excited to get to that business portion of the service. But today we are in 1 Corinthians, continuing that series in chapter 2. And I heard over the years that the number one fear that people have, the most common fear that people have, is a fear of public speaking. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that many people fear public speaking over death. It's, they're more afraid to get up in front of people and speak than death. Is anyone here afraid of public speaking? we got quite a few, quite a few hands. And I must say that I can relate to this. I can still remember in high school when I had to give a speech, I had to get up in front of a large room of maybe 75 people and give a speech, and I had no cards, and I was so nervous. It was the worst thing ever. And then in college, it got worse because then I had to take a class on public speaking, and I just, I did not enjoy it. I still remember the fear and the irony of all of this, but I felt called to be a preacher. And when you're preaching, you kind of have to get up in front of people and I, I like to say that they're different, but, um, and so I think that's why I like Paul's words in the passage today. I like what he had said last week. He was talking about the foolishness of preaching, and this week he says, I didn't come to you preaching God's secret to you like I was an expert in speech or wisdom. I stood in front of you in weakness, in fear, and a lot of shaking. I know some weeks still I get up here and I'm all nervous. I don't know if I've prepared well enough. I don't know how the words will be received. And so it can be nerve-wracking to be up here in front of you all. And so it's comforting to know that the Apostle Paul, someone the church reveres so much, it's comforting to know that he struggled, too, with preaching. He didn't come with lofty words. And I heard some advice not that long ago, some public speaking advice, which I think applies to preaching or anytime you have to get up in front of a large group of people. I heard this advice, this person said, when you get up to speak, remember that it's not about you. It's not about you. Imagine for a second you're on the Titanic. 
And you're the only one on the boat who knows that it's about to sink. Imagine you're on the Titanic. Would you worry about the things that you were wearing? Would you worry about the way you said it? Would you worry about what people thought or how you looked? No, you would want people to know that the ship is sinking and that they need to exit the ship. And so public speaking, that was the advice, and I think that applies to preaching, is you need, you have a message in your heart that other people need to hear. And so I trying to find my spot here, but that's how, <laughs> I think that that applies to all of us, whether or not you're a public speaker or a preacher, we all have a testimony, we all have a story, and how do you share the story of the gospel with others? It's as simple as sharing the story that's in your heart with other people. It's simply sharing what God has done in your life. Last week, we raised a couple questions. The couple questions were, why do we come to church? Why do you worship God? Why do you tithe? Is it the power of God inside you that compels you to do these things? When Paul wrote the letter to the Corinthians here, the Corinthian church had lost its way. They had lost their purpose and direction. The city of Corinth, it was known for its wealth and its wisdom. The land was fertile and they had springs of water. It was a popular trade town. In a lot of ways, it was kind of like New York City or Chicago. It was this trade center. And you know the saying, location, location, location. Corinth was a great location. And because of this, they had a lot of wealth, a lot of wise philosophers. And so they prided themselves in their wisdom and their philosophies. They found pride in that. And so Paul, he comes to them in weakness. They're all about the wisdom, the, the wisdom of philosophers. And here is Paul trembling and shaking with this message of Christ crucified. The gospel of Jesus doesn't need lofty words or the world's wisdom. As we learned last week, the words of Christ are often foolishness to those who are wise according to the world. And it's because the power of God is revealed in weakness and vulnerability. February, you may know, is Black History Month, and so I was doing some reading this past week, and I read a story about a preacher named Jarena Lee. Has anyone ever heard of Jarena Lee? Jarena Lee, she was born in New Jersey in the late 18th century, and she was a part of the African Methodist Episcopal Church during the early years of the church's formation. In fact, it was in listening to the founder of the a &E Church that she found Jesus Christ as her personal savior. And so this was the late 18th century, early 19th century. And so women at the time were not even allowed to vote, but Jarena Lee, she felt called to preach. She felt called to preach the gospel. And so she went to the founder, the Reverend Allen, Richard Allen, she went up to him and she asked him if she could preach. And he wasn't comfortable having a woman preach. And so he told her, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And so she would preach in the fields or to anyone who would listen just about what God had done in her life. And it was about eight years later, after that initial conversation with Reverend Allen, they were in church, both of them, Reverend Allen and Jarena Lee, and they're in the, the congregation, and they had a guest preacher that day. And the guest preacher, he comes up, and he's preaching a message on Jonah, Jonah and the whale. And for whatever reason, he was losing his words, and he couldn't preach, he couldn't. He couldn't deliver the message that he had. And almost impulsively, Jarena Lee, she steps up and she preaches a message from Jonah, the same passage 
without any notes or preparation. And the Reverend Richard Allen was in the audience that day and he could not deny God's call on her life. And so from that day, she was an authorized preacher in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. And she became the first, the first preacher in that church. And that's the power of God at work in her, that she, she had this fire in her bones that she couldn't control. She just needed to preach Christ crucified. And so we preach Christ by testifying to what God has done in our lives. Do you have a testimony in your own life of what God has done? And do you share that testimony with others? That's how you preach Christ to those around us. Sharing the gospel is, with others is, simple, is simply just sharing that story of what God has done with your life with others. And I said this message would be short today. I know we have a lot of kids and a lot of, lot of things going on. And so I wanted to break this up by inviting, by inviting a couple leaders up here to share their report about what God has done in our church. And I forgot to ask them if they were afraid of, afraid of public speaking before I asked them to, to come up here. But I asked Vieta to, to come up first. Are you ready, Vieta? And then Jen Courtright with Outreach and Jim Sutton, I'll make sure he's in here with facilities. And we also, should we do the video first? Okay, we have a video. We have the children put together their own report. So everyone, you'll want to be quiet during the video because it's, it's cute. <laughs> well, I think the last is answer questions to get suspended and discover. We have a Bible school for all ages. And basically, the teacher is Stan, and we watch videos on the Bible. Like today, we did it on Noah's Ark, and we got to see a tour of somebody remodeling it. And we talked about Noah's Ark and stuff like that. I like the parade because there was a lot of people, and and they were really nice, and I loved how they and well, how people not, and I just love it so much. I want to go to Keys and Bible School. I want to go. And I, uh, I, I have fun. <laughs> I was having so much fun at the parade when um, I was throwing candy. Everybody was like jumping into the road and trying to get it at camp. It was so fun. Um, it was like, I had the best time. What we do here is we throw for every holiday. We do certain things and for Christmas we did a Christmas program for the children. And I was one of the helpers that helped and we pulled it off and it was good. And Christmas time, oh, we Oh, we they packed shoe boxes with stuff in it for boys and girls. And after that, we made bones. In church, we did a Christmas program and we had posters and we said sing and we had our own first testament read. Didn't the kids do a good job? Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to 
to watch yourself on video and listen to your own voice. And so I, I want to thank all the kids in that video. You did a great, a great job. So thank you for that. And Vienna, would you like to share about all the things that the children have been doing, but also the things that we are planning to do? Thank you. Uh, I just want to say what a privilege and honor that Karen and I, Karen East and I, can work with the children. And we take it very, it's a heavy responsibility because it's so important in this time in their lives. And we have all, as you can say, all ages. And every week we seem to get new children, which is so wonderful. We just rejoice in that. And we've done a lot of service projects this year. We um, participate in the Hall of Fame. Uh, we, there was a service project for Brookdale Camp, and I think um, oh, one of the little girls, Natalia, talked about what a wonderful time she had there. And the kids were recognized at Brookdale Camp for their project, and it was a great way to go, Candace. So they made us proud. We had a BBS Rocky Railroad, and it was a wonderful, wonderful event. Uh, we we didn't have a large attendance. In fact, many nights we had more adults and kids here, but that was okay because God touched the heart of the young and old with that. Yes, we can do more about it. We did the Christmas boxes for Samaritan Purse. We had a big packing party. We went to Walmart. And um, the kids came back. They chose uh, supplies for the boxes. We came back. We had lunch. They made gnomes to take home. I think it was a good time. And then we had a community Christmas party. And thanks to Pastor Denise's internet skills, she was able to advertise it. And we had over 35 kids attend, which is really great. And I do want to thank um, our Santa Claus team and Lori that really did so much work for that party. And we had a Christmas program. We got a lot of kids sick. We had the orchestra was sick some of the time. And then we had some meltdowns, but it really turned out well, I thought. The kids did a great job and all of these other So I wanted to thank them for that. We have some upcoming things scheduled. Wow. We have Easter parties for the community. Boxing Hall of Fame, June 11th, June 10th to the 14th is VBS, and December 2nd is the Community Christmas Party. We have some different things going on. Austin and is start the class in the morning from 9 to 9.45 as a community. Every Sunday, they do crafts, they do Bible stories, and it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, as Nevada said, all ages. Um, the children's ministry is now working more closely with the music ministry and the outreach ministry to use the community and for the children to be more involved in the morning worship program. Pastor Janae wants the children to be more invested in our church service. She's planning some more um, family Christmas Sundays for the children who are remaining here. Stan and B are going to be teaching a mission Sunday once a month. And we have a lot of young teens starting to attend church now. <laughs> So this might be an opportunity to discuss. That's she's had no candy today. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say we have a lot this year about planning ahead. Pastor Jane is very involved in our programs, and she's really helping us schedule. Every event we have, we reevaluate. We go over and say, how can we do this better? How can we make it better? And we are, I feel, each event getting better and better. You might notice when you read the report, we use the bottle return money for a car service projects or extracurricular activities. So if you've got any bottles at home and you want to bring them in, I think Heather said just mark it bottle into the money, Heather. When they put it in the offering, they say, how yeah, They can either, if you want to bring your cans in in the bags, we have somebody who takes them to the bottle drop. But also if you take your cans to the bottle drop, you can drop it in the offering and mark it cans and bottles either way will work. Okay. Yeah. And we do need that money. We've done a lot of things with that money. 
And I just want to take the time to thank everybody. You know, the Bible it says we're one church, one body, but there's many, many members in that one body. And thank you so much because this ministry would not thrive if it wasn't for everyone here. Thank you. And Yes. Okay, we are still planning, it's still in the plans, I've got two microphones on here, but um, in February, there is a February break for the kids, so if you have kids in school and they have a February break, we're hoping to plan some type of event, it might be sledding, might be swimming, might be both, I don't know, we're, we're planning something, it's in the works. And so if you have, if you want to support this ministry, you can bring your cans and bottles and donate them, or if you want to write a check for children's ministry, because um, some of the stuff we were looking into too, I know it's, the, the price can get up there, and we would like to be able to offer these things to children without any worry about where the funds are coming from for them to participate in these events. We would like all of the children to be able to participate freely in that, and I do love Love having the children. Hope it's not too much of a distraction. But I was wondering if Jen Corbett, would you want to share about outreach, just some things that you've done, but also some things looking ahead? I, I'm a big fan of public speaking. <laughs> um, we actually did quite a bit of outreach over this past year. Um, something I'm very proud of, and I hope you all are too. Um, some of the things we've done. Um, let's see, we have had blood drives. Um, yeah, at that, we had a blood drive back in um, January of last year. And our goal was to get 13 donors. We got 28. They were so surprised. We collected for several of the local food pantries and delivered to them. Um, we've been involved in the Boston Hall of Fame parade, um, handing out water, walking um, in the parade. The kids, obviously, that seems to be one of the highlights of their other year. <laughs> uh, run, run for the fallen, help with these gaps. Ride clear path, um, clothing for uh, community action. Sleep with Heavenly Peace, where we donated all of the all of the bedding for the kids. They could not believe how much our little church had collected. They were just flabbergasted. They were so very grateful. Um, barely got everything in their truck. We stuffed. We were stuffing and take things out of the boxes, stuffing pillows in there. But it was it was wonderful. Toys for Tots. We had free heating boxes of toys. Um, a Christmas party. Um, just, just so much, and I'm, I'm so proud to be a part of all these. I absolutely love it. Um, it really warms my heart. There's so much joy. Um, if anyone else is, is interested in becoming a part of the outreach team, please let me know. Um, if you have any ideas, um, you know, where there's a great need in our community where we can go out and do God's work, let us know. Um, our last meeting, um, we spoke about our upcoming year. Um, left some slots open for things that pop up because, of course, you can't really plan around need because need pops up wherever. So we want to make sure where there is a need, we can, we can meet that need. Um, one thing we discussed is doing um, more kid-friendly stuff, getting kids more involved. We had a kind of touch on that. Um, trying to get a, like, a balance of our outreach because there's so, some months we have, like, oh, we just go in and 
2022. So I'm trying to get a balance on that. Um, our our upcoming outreach, what we're doing is we want to provide cards to people in like nursing nursing homes, um, the extended care. Um, last year we did this for Valentine's Day. This year we're doing it for Easter. Um, so if you have any cards laying around, like um, you know, thinking of you or Blankenstein, if you could bring them in by March 19th, um, and then we'll have, have them available for everyone to kind of fill out a card and, and we'll get it to someone who you know, just kind of right in the day. So, um, yes, outreach in a nutshell. And I believe the children during the Sunday school hour are also going to start working on some some cards for that ministry as well, putting together some to send to. Is, is it going to people in nursing homes? And yeah, we have um, the Grand in Chittenango, Stone Lee, which isn't really a nursing home, um, in Canastota, and also the extended care facility at the uh, hospital. Just Stonely in the Grand is 180 people. Oh, wow. so, so, lots of cards. Lots of cards. <laughs> lots of cards. And I still, I, I, you guys do so much outreach. I'm, I'm always amazed that all this church is able to do. And I still remember my first Sunday, I was up here preaching, and it was a rainy day, and there was the the what was it? The clear path, the clear path ride for veterans and. Jam after service was like, we have to hurry out because it's raining. They're going to come back quicker. We need to go there to serve. And so many of you were rushed over there to serve. And I wanted to be there. And so I rushed over there. And I felt bad because that was my first Sunday. I was preaching. We're out there fellowshipping. And then I was gone. But you guys do so much. And I think it is wonderful. And so I'm excited to see what a whole year looks like of outreach to our community. And up next, I invited Jim Sutton. You guys. I've done so much with the facilities team that I wanted to make sure this was a part of the service um, because he has some updates to share on that. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Well, thank you, Dean. I appreciate you. <laughs> now, we've had uh, two speakers come up and they talked about ministries, and it's, it's great what they do in their ministries. Uh, you probably don't look at uh, the facilities as a, as a ministry. But you look around this church, you look at the parsonage, and there's a lot of things that go involved in keeping these buildings up, keeping the heat on, which we have no problem this week, uh, and, and just taking care of what God has given us. I mean, these facilities are phenomenal. We don't owe any money on that. It's all been paid by these this small group of people, whether it's this group here now or other people. It's just been an amazing thing. Now, I want to go over some of the highlights from last year. And our, actually, our biggest highlight from last year is uh, when Jeff left, the parsonage was empty. And Ralph and a few others went over and we looked at it. And I talked to Pastor Ralph. I said, Ralph, what do you think he's here? Some paint? Got it. <laughs> what? Got it. You know, he's been here for, for what was he? What was he here? 15 years? And we were really unable to do any type of updates of any consequence in the parsonage because we go kick him out for a couple of months when we rebuild the parsonage. So it was our time to be able to go in there and do it. And with the help of uh, quite a few people here, Volunteers and with the finances from a lot of people here, and I'll go over that in a minute. It was just amazing what we were able to get done. We went in there and we did. We got in the building. We took a lot of places right down to the studs. The uh, interior of the parsonage was basically totally running upstairs, downstairs. If you've been in the parsonage, it's a very large building and required a lot of effort. We spent approximately $18,000 out of that. What was it? Uh, out of like $5,000 came out of that church budget. 
The rest of it was all building. Whether it was time killing, money, uh, free material, <clears throat> it was quite amazing. And short, a little while ago, I had a, a contractor come to my house because I had to get the bathroom remodeled. And he, I showed him what was going on. We did the parsonage. And he looked at me and says, Why am I here doing your house? Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do it anymore. He estimated that if we hired him or anybody like him to do it, it would have cost us $54,000. So it's just amazing what God did for you people. And people put their efforts in it. So that's, that was the biggest thing that we had to do this year. But other things came up. The boiler needed work. We spent like $500 on that. And unfortunately, the, uh, the motor on the, uh, the lawnmower blew up. That cost us $1,200 for that. We got a new church sign donated. <coughs> the washer and dryer donated to the parsonage. Uh, the church received a donation of 80 chairs. Thank you, Stan, for facilitating that. They came to the church camp. So if you look out here, you see all these nice new chairs out in the fellowship area. We can thank Stan for for facilitating that through the, the, the uh, camp. Uh, we had a, a lot of uh, a lot of clutter, debris, as people people generously bring stuff to church that they don't need anymore. And we don't need it either. It's just clutter. And there's a few things we might need. But uh, Pastor Jenny had a, a, curb, a curb service. She put out the curb alert. Everything we put on that curb was gone in a few hours. So we got rid of a pile of stuff here. That's uh that's pretty much the biggest part that we got done last year. And I just want to continue to thank everybody that donated their time, talent, money. Uh, there was people that were not even associated with this church that actually donated stuff to this church to get it done. It was, it was just amazing. The highlights for next year, I'm, I'm the guy that has to stand up here and, and do the business part of it, which people don't realize there's a business side of the church. Isn't there Heather? <laughs> Heather is our accountant for the church. She takes care of all the treasury work and stuff for us. And she gets the, uh, the job of trying to make a buck and a dollar stretch. And she does a very good job, in, by the way. But next year, the number one thing on our list is that the uh, parsonage really needs new roads. It's starting to wear. We have tiles coming off it frequently. We don't know we're doing patch jobs, fixing it here and there. But we really need to uh, make that as our next priority goal as far as major expenditure out of our church. And the only way to do that is to ask people to give. I mean, there's no other way to do it. You know, we're not, we've looked to try and get grants. Uh, they won't get church grants. We can't. They just get the church the same thing. We can't get it. So where the estimated cost is around $15,000. So it's a lot of money, but it's a very large building, so it's got a lot of growth. Uh, some other things that we have that are kind of things that we'd like to get done. We get them on fine, we don't want nothing that's pressing like, like a room on a building. Uh, we need some uh, updating in our lighting. We started working on that. We could have probably spent about a thousand dollars on that. That would probably get out of the church budget. Um, the church heating system, Stan and John found out this week, needs a little bit more attention. So we need to get somebody to come and work on that. that that's the amount uh, remains to be uh, determined. We don't know what that will cost. Um, we're going to start updating interior lighting, exterior lighting. And Pastor Janae said that on her wish list in the parsonage, she kind of like the uh, Carpet in the bedroom. So that's the original carpet there. We cleaned it and it's functional, it's okay, but it's old. It can, it can stand to be replaced. Didn't price it because it's on our mission list. And there's a couple of windows that are in need of being repaired, being uh, replaced, so we've got them on the wish list. And way down the road, the siding on, on the building can really stand on the parcel can really stand to uh, change elements. When was that built, Stan? you remember the year that was built? Does anybody remember? Do you remember the year when that was built? I think it was in the 60s, wasn't it? I think that's what we determined that we put up in the 60s. 
So that building is an edge original, everything on the outside of the pod. Sure, it works and replace it somewhere. But it just needs some general maintenance and some general update as we get towards the school. And I just like to thank everybody for all the efforts and all the time, money, outreaches that you have with other people that you know that help make all this happen. Thank you. Thank you. Hearing the reports from the last year and all that has been done, and when you look at the, the numbers, that's what I like to call Jesus math. I think I mentioned that last week, this idea of Jesus math, where where all of the things cost, you know, $50,000, and we were able to do it for $5,000. That's Jesus math. Um, things are getting done, and it's encouraging to hear all that's going on in the children's ministry and outreach ministry, and even the facilities ministry, that is a ministry. Um, we're going to close our service with um, a time of communion, and we'll finish with one more song and have a five-minute break. And in the Church of the Nazarene, here at our church, we practice open communion, and I like to say this every time so that people know that you don't have to be a member of the church to partake in communion. You just simply have to acknowledge Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And I did ask for a couple a couple helpers, and we'll get to that in just a minute. I'm going to read for us from 1 Corinthians, again, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. It says, I received a tradition from the Lord, which I also handed on to you. On the night in which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. After giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He did the same thing with the cup after they had eaten, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink it, do this to remember me. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you broadcast the death of the Lord until he comes. This is the word of God for the people of God. Um, I invited the some of the teenagers to help us with communion. I'm going to pray a blessing over this, and they're going to stand maybe here. And here is the, the covered kindly. We got a we tried to do the open cup, but these are the covered ones, so they will <clears throat> pull them out and we'll come up the two rows and go back to your seat and we will take it all together. And I pray, Lord, I pray for the people here, all, all who gathered here today on this Sunday, Lord, I pray for this communion that it's a mystery, this tradition that has been handed down to us, Lord. We take this in remembrance of you, Lord, and I pray that it would be, that it would mean something to us each personally as we take this, that we will remember you, that we will remember your sacrifice, Lord, and all that you have done for us, Lord. And we give you all the thanks, all the glory, all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. amen.